0: I'm Ed Gross, and you're listening to CloserWeekly.com's Classic TV and Film Podcast, where we celebrate the golden age of television and movies, then and now. Gil Saban loves classic TV. The difference between him and everyone else listening to this podcast is the fact that he, through Weigel Broadcasting, has had the ability to take his passion for television and turn it into the creation and running of no less than five TV networks. And for the record, those are MeTV, Heroes and Icons, Star TV, Movies with an Exclamation Point, and Decades. That's a whole lot of programming. In this episode, we're talking to Neil, who provides a look at the inner workings of these networks, particularly MeTV. He details how it all came about, what goes into the programming choices, including some surprises in terms of ratings and audience response, and he offers his views on the future of classic TV. All in all, an interesting behind-the-scenes look. What triggered the creation of these classic TV uh,
1: networks. In Chicago, about 15 years ago, we had uh, both a full power and a low power TV station in Chicago. And on our low power station, we created MeTV. And for about five years, it was a local class television station that was a companion to our general market independent station in Chicago. When the digital transition was announced, uh, you know, and the FCC set all that in motion when we would switch to HD television, uh, we would be allowed to have other things on our bandwidth because of the way digital broadcasting happens. Okay. And the owner of the company came into my office and said, you know, Neil, you're going to be able to have three, four five channels um, on WCIU when all of this uh, occurs, and you should be thinking about what you think we should do. And my first thought was well, we should take T V National and make it a, a classic TV channel because TV land on cable had sort of lost their way by going into first run and right. other things to try and chase a younger demographic. And I started making the rounds to different distributors about programming on a national basis, and all of them were pretty suspect about, well, we don't know if we want to do that yet, and we don't really understand this business. It was amazing how little understanding there was of something that seems pretty simple right now, but as my boss was explaining it to me at first, I didn't get it right away, so it took a little while. And as I went to the different studios and distributors, the only one who said, um, well, you know, everyone is talking to me about this, Neil. Why don't we just do it ourselves? And that was a guy by the name of John Bryant at MGM. And MGM has a movie library. They don't have very many classic TV shows. So we decided to do a movie network. And uh Weigel Broadcasting, where I work, and MGM decided to create this TV, and I named it. Wow! So that was really the – this was not the first – the Jeanette, but it was the first major one that had great product and a studio behind it. And um, we were great partners for several years in putting that network together. And it was successful. And with the early success of this TV, um, the ownership here at Weigel said, you know, now not only do we have confidence that this could work with classic TV, but, you know, some of the studios are willing to sell us product. So we did something that we call rolling the dice, which is we didn't have any affiliates other than our own station, but we went and spent many millions of dollars on the initial programming for MeTV Um, and then, and we thought that was important because we wanted to go to client stations and say, this isn't smoke, this isn't mirrors, this isn't a maybe, this is, we have, I love Lucy and we have Perry Mason and we have all these shows and we're going to, we're, they're on the air, they're going to be on the air in Chicago, Milwaukee, South Bend, our own affiliates. And, um, we'd like to include you and, we were there early, and it was at the right time, and because of that, and because of all the money we've invested and the good affiliates we have, MeTV is far and away the biggest classic TV network out there. And um, it's a lot of hard work from a lot of people, and having the right shows that resonate with with a lot of people has has made MeTV. You know, when compared to cable networks, we're in the top. 10. And if you take out news networks and kids networks and sports networks, we're like top three or four during daytime now. I mean, it's, it's a pretty well-kept secret about how many people are watching me TV. You know, we have 27 million different viewers every week really? on the network. Yeah. And last week, Sven Glee, for example, did a million people, two plus, over a million in watching that show. Which show? I'm sorry, I missed it. What's that? The Bungoolie movie. Oh, okay. This Sungoolie movie, yes. Yeah. Yeah, but Andy Griffith or Columbo or Gunsmoke, almost every week one of those shows hits over a million people.
0: Wow. And that's pretty – it makes you ask why TV Land – it's like TV Land, Sci-Fi Channel did the same thing, right? They started off with reruns. Uh, they were made up completely of, of old Sci-Fi shows. And so yes. you wonder why these guys got out of that.
1: I mean – well part of the reason they get out of it is because they they've got pressure to be younger and to go after um advertisers that you know I seem to be stuck on this 18 to 49 and 25 50 to four year old um old school thinking that no one over the age of fifty five buys anything, makes any decisions to try new products, or has any money. Mm-hmm. And our whole pitch is that there are tons of boomers with lots of money and it's discretionary after colleges are paid for, mortgages are paid off, there's retirement, there's travel and and you know, and by the way, we also do have a good twenty five fifty four number. I mean we're in the top a uh, third of cable networks in, in most state parts of 25 to 54 year olds. Wow. Um, with shows like the Flintstones and the Three Stooges and some of our younger skewing shows. Now, how many digital channels, how many are there so far with you guys? Oh, well, you mean that we own? Yeah. Yeah. I don't mean, yeah, I don't, who cares about the other ones? I'm talking about you. yes. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> we have five. So okay. the five are MeTV. That's the the big one. Right uh, we have heroes and icons, which was created in part because some of our me t v affiliates or affiliates in cities that didn't have me t v wanted something else from us uh was created with that in mind and it was created to be very different than me t v in that it was to skew a little more male and a little younger, and that's why it's got all five Star treks on it. And shows like um, Nash Bridges and some things from the, you know, 90s and 2000s, Monk, House, shows like that. Highlander, I think, have, is one of them,
0: right? Yeah. yeah. yeah
1: Highlander's premiering this weekend, yes. Oh, okay, cool. We're doing a sci-fi action block on the um, Sunday afternoons starting this week. And then we have Start TV, which we created with the CBS television stations. That is a female-centric um Procedural drama network that features things like the closer and the good wife, women in strong leading roles in dramas, procedurals, crime, courts, things like that, medical um, then we have movies which we do in conjunction with the Fox TV stations and that's kind of our version of um like a poor man's Turner classic movies I mean okay. we commercials I mean I mean Turner classic movies is a national treasure I'll be the first one to say that and to be able to run um a network that features noir and movies from the 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s the way we do um has been a joy and it's it's airs on all the Fox television stations on their subchannels and in about uh, 50 or 60 percent of the country as well. And then our last network is Decades, which is kind of a pop culture network, which we feature things like Dick Cavett. We have a first run show that we do with Bill Curtis hosting called Through the Decades, where we look at popular culture, news, and other events on that day through the decades. And we have produced over 360 episodes of that show now. Wow. So that's the five.
0: Where'd you come up with start TV for the female? I'm just curious how that title came about.
1: Um, well, we were looking at a word that had um, an ability to take on action. And as women are starting to you know th- this whole thing happened during the whole me too okay. uh movement and you know we actually had me too uh on the drawing board as a network to go with me but me too has a whole new meaning now so there's not going to be any me too <laughs> At least not from us <laughs> okay <good. laughs> um so it was a starting something and we do a feature on that network called My Start Story, and it's where women come on to talk about how they got started in their careers, whether it's on one of those TV shows, or it's Carol Burnett, who talks about her start in the business, or a woman who runs a business in, in a city, how they got started and motivated, and how they um, they give advice to women for getting started on things. So it's sort of, it's an action word to take, to take action, to get involved, and, um I wanted a short, easy word to remember. And that's how we got started. All
0: right. What goes into, like, for instance, are you guys sitting back, or are you sitting back and sitting there saying, okay, we've got these five? Now we need to create more. I mean, is there a desire to keep creating these things or just focus on what you've got?
1: I think right now we're focusing on on what we've got for a couple of reasons. One, the the marketplace is very crowded and the spectrum, the places for these networks, everyone in big corporations. And we're very small. We're a family owned business. We're entrepreneurial. We got in. We got. In early, we got in fast. Mm-hmm. Now some of the bigger corporations are doing these networks, and they have the muscle to get them distributed because they own a lot of stations or they have a lot of cash to pay people to carry them, whatever. So we're, we're happy with our five. We work on fine-tuning the products that we have and the distribution channels, making sure we've got good affiliates in our markets um, and that you know we're putting our money into our programming.
0: But now, is there a desire, like, for instance, there's one company, I won't mention names because, you know, we don't want to mention comp- competitors. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I know I'm all. All right, fine. The, Stir yeah. f- Stir TV, for instance, or Tubi is another yeah. one, basically. Yeah. Uh, well, those like, are different kinds. That's a different platform. Okay, yeah, because it's are. all streaming stuff, right? I mean, that's what that is. Right, those are streaming and we're
1: broadcast.
0: Right. And But my, the yeah. point I was going to make with that is... That, like for something on, on Stir, for instance, I noticed that they have a Greatest American Hero channel, a wise guy yeah. channel. I mean, yeah. so channels devoted to a specific show rather than yeah. a genre or something like that. Is that something mm-hmm. you guys will ever be looking into? Because it seems like things are becoming more and more niche oriented.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's kind of crazy to think about a, a channel that has just one show on it. I mean, we might get into the streaming business, but I think that we would probably do it the Weigel way and make it a little more credible than a a, a one-show channel.
0: Yeah. You know, I just I just found it bizarre. It's like, oh, my God. I mean, yeah. you know, as a fan of this stuff, it's kind of like, wow, I could just watch this show all day <laughs> if I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, well,
1: part of it can be that they have so much bandwidth, I guess, and they just need to fill it up. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like how a lot of you mentioned sci-fi and TV land. A lot of them started with all old shows because they were cheap, and it, it gave them a base to um, build on. Right. We don't see classic TV that way. We see classic TV as not just the base, but why people come to meet TV. We've been very careful with adding things that aren't, you know, traditional classic TV, like our first... First run show that we 've done collector's call is all about nostalgia collecting, right, so it makes sense for me t v and it 's only one half hour a week and it and it was interesting when we first announced it we got all kinds of people saying, Oh no you 're going to be t v land and you 're going down that rabbit hole, and well, I want to watch classic shows not this stuff as soon as the show premiered, it was, I love this. can I get my collection <laughs> on it and it did so well, yeah. and I love Lisa." Yeah, because we're we're sensitive to it. We're not going to do anything that we think will disrupt, you know, what we're doing with MeTV. And yet we need to we need to keep classic TV new. And again, advertisers there's certain advertisers that want to go and will spend money to be in shows like Collector's Call that you know don't really want to be in Leave It to Beaver.
0: Absolutely, but what all you're doing too with something like Collector's Call, there, it seems. And this is why people should actually embrace it is because as long as anything you're doing is celebrating classic TV in some way, yeah. ra- and rather and than pop
1: culture. Yeah. let me do
0: an original show that sort of tries to capture the flavor. And that's not the same thing as, as doing a show no. that's tapped into the thing that people are coming yeah. to the network for.
1: Yeah. I mean, for example, the collector's call show this week is uh, Lisa going to see the son of Charlotte Ray, who she was on uh, Facts of Life with, to see his collection of all the Charlotte Ray materials and all. I mean, it's really sweet. and, And Lisa knew him and all of that and really loved Charlotte Ray. So that's what MeTV is all about. And. The fact that it's new and we're producing it. And again, it's something we own and control. Remember, we're just leasing all these other shows. This one we own and control.
0: Right. But as you say, that's a half hour a week out of the... uh, Yeah, yeah. one half hour. Exactly. Yeah, don't have a
1: stroke, anybody.
0: Yeah, Yeah, we wouldn't want to do that to people. You know, what is it... I mean, the classic TV thing, and I've noticed it myself just from the articles we do and stuff, there seems to be this endless fascination With it, I mean, you've got networks for it, and you know we do a lot of articles about it. What is it about the classic TV thing that keeps people coming back?
1: Well, here's what I think it is, and it's more so today than ever before. It is. A refuge, I should say. It is an escape. Classic TV is reminding people of times that were better for them. You know, in human nature, you forget the bad stuff, you remember the good stuff of the past. And, it, and it's a comfort. That's a word we use a lot. It's comfort TV. It's a, it's a place to go to escape the politics, the news, all of those kinds of issues. It allows us to enjoy relax escape and we keep needing more and more of that these days because of what's going on.
0: Oh, what's going on? No, I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 No matter no matter what side you're on in any of this stuff it's bombarded and it's also an escape from reality TV and people who are famous for just being famous Yep. and crazy competitions where you eat bugs or watch masked singers or whatever it is. This allows you to be spend time with friends. And and it's one of the things that I always, one of the tests that I use when picking shows is would you want to be friends with any of the characters in the show? And so many shows today, you watch and say, oh, these are mean people. Yeah, They're not nice. You know, they might be funny, but they're not nice. I don't want to be friends with them. (laughs) Me TV, most of the shows, you'd like to be friends. Wouldn't you like to be friends with Perry Mason, you know, or, you know, Beaver Cleaver if you were eight years old? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah. 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 This This is an
0: important question for you. What are a couple of your personal favorite classic TV
1: shows and Why? Everybody, everybody always asks me that. And I've, I have my, they shift in my lives. I mean, right now, one of the shows I really love is Perry Mason okay. because it's shot so beautifully and it's so mid-century with the cars and the fashions and the, the stories. And, the, it, you know, it's, it's over the top acting sometimes, but it really is a wonderful series. Um, I have always loved I Love Lucy just because it's Lucy, it's Lucy. And, you know, fond memories. Yeah. Um, the three stooges, which wasn't really a TV show, but the three stooges had a new life on TV. That is probably one of my all time favorites. And yeah. I, it, it was one of the crowning glories of my career that I was able to bring the three stooges to me TV. Um, cause I just, it's just funny and makes me laugh every time yeah. I see it 50 years later. Um, love all those shows. And, um, Uh, you know almost, you know, most of the stuff on the network I like. Uh, There are a few shows that are very popular and this is something that you got, people have to understand is that you can't program exactly what you like. You have to program what's going to work with an audience. Like, if I never saw an episode of Hogan's Heroes again, I'd be just fine. But (laughs) tons of people like it and it's one of the most consistently high-rated shows on the network. Um, People complain about it all the time. Why don't you change it out? You know, it's been there forever. It's been there forever because people don't stop watching it. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. What what are the what would you say are the most popular shows on MeTV then? You got Hogan's Heroes, uh, you know, what else? Um, Hogan's Heroes.
1: Sh- um, Andy Griffith. Yeah. MASH. Okay. The Flintstones is the number one show with 25 to 54 year olds. Right. Um Columbo. Shangui. Um the Saturday afternoon westerns. Oh really? Very, very well. Yeah, very well. You know, what you can do if you're a student of schedules is just watch our schedules and the things that never move are doing really well. Some things leave us when our contracts end and we can't renew them or don't want to renew them. But for the most part, I mean, the reason Perry Mason has been sitting at 1130 Eastern since we went on the air is because the numbers are terrific for it. Wow. And we don't touch what isn't broken. Why would and, you? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people, you know, write us and say, you know, change it up. Put on, put on Hello, Larry. Oh, and it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, You know, we, we, we can't do some of that. stuff, And, and yet we have a lot of shows on me TV that, that were bought in part to just broaden out our reach and to say yes, we appreciate shows that that while has a has a loyal fan base, it's small. And I'll give you an example, something like The Fugitive, which we run late night once a week. It has a very rabid fan base, but it's small. But we have it so we we play it, but we put it in a time period where we can afford to play it. People often ask, why are all the good shows on overnight? And, you know, I don't say to them, but what it is is those are your good shows. Right. And we have to, we have to program because we're a business that's, that um, thrives on advertising. We have to program for the mass audience. And, and that's why shows are in certain time periods here.
0: And you would think that something like the Fugitive would be acclaimed as like, oh, this this classic drama, you know, it would
1: be really popular, but it's really not. Well, it, it it's it's popular and, and it is a wonderful show, but you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. When we had Mary Tyler Moore and Bob Newhart, um, and I forget what the third show was in prime time, we did okay. When we changed to Gomer Pyle and Green Acres, the ratings skyrocketed. Wow. And and so that just sort of says people want escape, people want light, people want things that, you know, I mean, those other shows are very sophisticated. And frankly, Mary Taylor Moore and Bob Newhart never did well in syndication. I know. I was just going to say that. Right. Yeah. But we we own them because they're important parts of TV history. Right. And, And there are times when we use them and they happen to be on our sister network. Um, decades when we highlight television through the decades, we do sitcoms during the day for eight hours, and we start in the fifties and we end in the eighties, and right. those are shows that we use to highlight the seventies, and and it works, and it's sort of like a smartcom block with those shows. Right,
0: it's I mean, amazing. Cheers
1: in our library, and and it didn't work on me TV, and trying to figure out how to make it work. Cheers, really? Yeah, yeah.
0: Wow, that's you know, to me that's shocking. That's shocking yeah, to hear that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the smartest show, the smart show that really works is MASH because it works on so many levels. It's yeah. such a wonderful show. Um, and maybe because it was a time capsule to start with, it's not dated, but it works much better than, than uh, Cheers did.
0: MASH is a phenomenon that seems to, from when it was originally on, has never yeah. ended. I mean, I, in the 80s when I was in college, I remember it was airing in New York six times a day. <laughs> and I watched it 6 times a day. <laughs> it's it's an amazing show, isn't it? It really is. It it, it truly yeah. is. So what is the future yeah. of classic TV as stupid as that sounds? Uh you guys have to see where things are pointing. I mean, uh, there's got to be some sort of indication of what's happening with that whole
1: idea of of classic well, TV. Well, there's so many places to go, and first of all, the word "classic" is the most overused word in the English language. I am convinced. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's like not everything old is classic. Right. And although people use that word, it's like you know, it's a classic episode of some show from four years ago. It's <laughs> yeah, like well, no. OK. Yeah. So I'll give you that. Um, for us, we continue to be a linear television experience. And our challenge is to get people to keep watching us live as we do what we're doing, at the same time looking at how can MeTV and its brand um, start working on on another platform like a streaming thing, like a STIR or something like that. So it's both areas of that. And as people grow older and we need younger viewers, we're going to have to carefully look for what newer shows Makes sense to add to me tv um without alienating our core and at the same time we have to say how do we get younger people to find andy griffith and realize it's really cool
0: all we can say is long live classic tv well we can also ask you to subscribe to this podcast give us a five-star review and tell your friends about us thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next time